This is no ordinary pod. <sighs> no ordinary pod. Yes, and it's been two weeks since I've heard that beautiful voice by Noah Hemer joining me on the No Ordinary Pod, on the No Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Network. It is a Wednesday, May, f- May 15th at 10, 19 a.m. You know, it feels good to get done in the morning, a little more awake, not drogging, grogging through the day, not like, like, oh, man, it's... 8 o'clock at night, NBA playoffs run, and we have to, you know, record during the playoffs, stuff like that. But, Noah, summer school Noah, how are you doing up there? You know, day two of summer classes was today. Not really all that amped up about them, but we're going to have a good time. So, things are going well. Tallahassee weather is not too bad, not too humid yet. So, I'm enjoying it while we got it. Keyword was yet. Very, very keyword was yet. It's, It's been raining here, you know. I've been trying to get my golf game back, you know, yesterday – Day off from work. Today, day off from work, too, so I guess I can go to the driving range today. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go drive. It's been about an hour and a half, two hours in the driving range, fixing my slice and in the bunker because I played last week. I probably lost 10 strokes in the bunker alone because I just can't head out of a bunker. So, But rain got in the way. Rain found a way to interfere, as always. Um, so today, I hope we get out there. But we have an interesting show because not a lot is going on in the NFL we have, you and I have never discussed NBA really on here, so we're gonna go through the Buck stuff, NBA, and then it's only right we gotta talk Thrones. I mean, there was some sports, but Aaron Rodgers was in Game of Thrones, so that's a perfect segue for us to talk about, perfect alley for us to navigate through and talk about Game of Thrones on this podcast. So, me lord, Bucks, Jason Pierre-Paul, fractured vertebrae, single. It was a single accident, uh, single car, yes, yeah, single vehicle car accident. There's there's the there's the wording. Um, he was driving in South Florida on Interstate 95, and if people have not driven on Interstate 95, it is a crazy, crazy highway to begin with, especially with how people in South Florida drive. So, he spins out, collides. The person, his passengers, okay. He fractured his vertebrae. Went to see a bunch of specialists and. Bruce Arians said best case scenario, very best, is five to six months. Who knows if he's going to play this season? But that leaves a, a major hole in this defense. So, Noah, I wrote an article about this, I'll let, but I'll let you dictate. What is What does missing Jason Pierre-Paul, the, guy, the first person since 2005 to have double-digit sacks for the Bucks since my man Simeon Rice, what does this loss mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is there's no depth. Like, we have interior D-line depth decently, um, especially if we end up keeping McCoy somehow. But there's just no depth. Noah Spence has been the off-season hero since he got drafted by the Bucks and has yet to produce. Um, we signed the Broncos' old outside linebacker, Shaquille Barrett, who was buried behind Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb this past year. Um, and I know that he's – I read an article. He's excited to finally be unleashed and play in a similar – like a similar uh, style of attacking defenses. You know, Broncos um, have always had that attacking defense going to come at you, very physical. Um, and so I know he – with Todd Bowles manning the defense now, I think that'll I think it'll be a good fit. But outside of that, who do we have rushing the passer? Like Levante David's not a pass rusher. Devin White is not an edge rusher. Devontae David's not an edge rusher. Um, the DN that we drafted out of um, Iowa, Iowa is not an edge rusher. So that's the biggest thing for me is where's the depth and who's going to be stepping up and do we even have the bodies right now to produce a pass rush because the Bucks had such a long um the Bucks gave quarterbacks so so many so much time to throw and that was the main issue with the defensive coverage always falling apart is because we couldn't get to the quarterback weren't getting pressure in the face and then our Defender, our DBs were just getting burned by 
just NFL receivers, which it seems as if every team has at least one awesome NFL receiver. Um, Got to be able to get to the quarterback. Got to be able to make them uncomfortable. Can't make them uncomfortable. You're just going to keep getting easy throws, especially when you're playing against the likes of Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and honestly, even Matt Ryan. So it also didn't help that we're not we weren't creating that much pressure, and we had an absolutely terrible secondary. Um, we'll get to the secondary in a second because we got to talk about Vernon Hargraves third. What's going on with him? But I'm going to read you our. De- defensive end depth chart. We're not going to ca- Shaquille Barrett's going to be rushing the passer. He'll have his hand in the dirt. He'll be rushing the passer. But outside of JPP, we have Carl Nass- Carl Nassib, who high motor player, and he actually played well for the Bucks last year. You're, Noah Spence, workout warrior. William Golston, old Michigan State guy who has bounced around the league. Patrick O'Connor and Anthony Nelson. And you know what's funny? If you had to take a guess who Anthony Nelson's comp- NFL comp was, who do you think it was? I don't know. He's pretty similar to Carl Nassib. That, that was his comp, Carl Nassib. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm not yeah. surprised. So we have two Carl Nassibs essentially rushing the. Hopefully, I wasn't. Hopefully, they didn't just pick that because they're both white. I really hope that NFL that draft people don't do that. But we're not gonna get into that issue. But essentially, if we keep McCoy, our third down pass, our pass rushing unit will be McCoy, Nassib. Some rotation of Nelson, Spence, or maybe v, um, Vita Vea can stay in shape and. Not to get in stage, be in football shape from the beginning of the season and be the interior pass rush. And Shaquille Barrett. And Shaquille Barrett had a PFF grade of 82.6 as an edge rusher. Was like the 27th best edge rusher, edge player in the NFL in 2017. So he's now 26, I think 26 years old. He's entering his prime. But now, you said he's excited to have this new role. He's going to have to be, he's going to be the focal point of a pass rush now. So instead of having Von Miller on one side and Derek Wolf up the middle, and sometimes, no, DeMarcus Ware was gone by then, but Garrett Wolf up the middle and just the aggressiveness of Denver's defenses that they always have, he's going to be the focal point of a pass rush. We'll see if he can shoulder that load. I thought this was a great signing for the Bucs. But I thought it was going to be the bookend. I mean, could JPP... Barrett and Nassib with Vea, McCoy, and then the blitzing schemes that Todd Bowles has. Because he's one of the most blitz-friendly pass um, defensive callers in the NFL. But he, doesn't, he didn't generate a lot of pressure with, those, with the amount of blitzing and rushing five men or more. That, that defense got me excited a little bit. Now with this, it's... Does it create... Does the, does the JPP create any more doubt in your head that we passed on Josh Allen because you can't hindsight's I mean we we like to talk about hindsight because it's just something that you just what we do and stuff like that but the move to pass on Josh Allen or even Ed Oliver most for my for my sake Josh Allen for a middle linebacker seems like it, it it's a bad move at this very juncture I don't know if I would constitute it as a bad move because um, we solidified a very key part of the defense. Uh, Quan, whenever he played, him and Levante, when they played together, were awesome whenever they were both healthy and on the field. And I think you massively upgrade in both uh, football IQ and then just overall athleticism with Devin White uh, over Quan. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and if you knew JPP wasn't going to be serviceable this year, then you would re- highly, highly consider trying to get either take Allen at five or um, just even try to finesse getting another, uh, maybe to take another pass rusher instead of uh, and one less DB, uh, something of that nature. But that's not how it panned out. I don't think they still. I don't think they made the wrong decision. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can bring anyone in. Um, especially if they can deal McCoy in some way and then um, get some guy that's in a contract year plus maybe a comp, like a late pick or something like that. That's really like the best case scenario I can see. I don't really see the box ever getting like any second, third round value for 
McCoy because why would they? The Bucks are in such a salary cap cringe, and any team that's trading with them knows that. And they're like, you can't even sign your rookies right now. Like you got to get rid of guys. And so I we would be doing you a favor by getting taking on this contract so you can just field a team. Yeah. Um. So it's tough, but no, I don't think it was the wrong decision. So I feel like that's. I feel like, all right, we'll just go to this. Yeah, before we get there. Have you been seeing this, This not, I don't know if it's a debate, but the conversation happening on Twitter and stuff and among and podcasts and stuff, where the pass rush versus pass coverage argument. Have you been seeing that on Twitter? Um, Not as, not as like frequently, but I have seen it on Twitter okay. before. Where do you lie on that? Do you, val- like do you if- value getting elite pass rushers versus having elite pass coverage. Like what it's tough to judge which matters more, but we just saw the Patriots win a Super Bowl because their secondary is unbelievable. So what would you rather cuz the we're going to get to this cuz the Bucks right now have a very inexperienced but very talented secondary. But now we have a very lackluster pass rush. So, if our secondary steps up, I, I don't even know how to phrase the question. It's just, wh- where do you lie on the pass rush? Would you rather have a dominant pass rush, say, the get rid of the Jaguar, whoever let this, get rid of the Jaguars secondary. Would you rather have the Jag, okay, that's a good, would you rather the Jaguars pass rush or Jaguars secondary? That's a great question. Um, well, the th- mm, that's tough because what I was thinking when you were posing the question is I think of it more of like on a spectrum. Um, but the thing is, is I would take a D line pass rushing if it came with depth. You were at least at least too deep at every position, like too solid mm-hmm. deep. Like you, there was obviously you're gonna have a difference between your starters and your, but like, uh, but the difference between Von Miller and Shaquille Barrett, like when whenever Von got spelled, like that's a solid, very solid two deep. So if you had something like that where the two deep's nice, I'll take the pass rush because that's just less time that the quarterback is gonna have to throw. But if you're not going to be too deep, then I'd rather have the I'd rather have the better secondary. Interesting. Because I think ball hawking safeties are in terms of just defending the pass i think ball hawking safeties uh can really change the game like we've seen the way uh people like uh ed reach change the game the way that troy palmalu uh can change the game um even a, a long patriot guy that's been there for so long patrick chung the way he comes in and influences a game um oh dude uh what's his name uh, the Legion of Boom, the way that, that those DB, like I know that they should have won more. That's a crazy thing. But the Legion of Boom in Seattle with Earl Thomas and that, that DB set was awesome. And then the thing is, is when you have an awesome, when you have awesome secondary, you don't need necessarily high top end pass rushers everywhere. Like you can just have one really awesome guy and be pretty average across the rest of the board. But if you're going to have an average secondary and awesome and bulk up on the D line, you can't really have too many holes on that D line because you have to constantly generate pressure. I'm looking up some st- pressure rate because I sacks. I feel like sacks can be a misleading stat because some teams like the Chiefs who led the league in st- sacks, they get more opportunities for sacks because teams are just throwing consistently and tr- playing catch up. So pressure rate. Playoff field's 12. How many do you think of the top in the top 10? How many think how many playoff teams do you think were in the top 10 to pressure rate? 7. Nope. 5. The Chiefs, Saints, Chargers, Eagles, Texans and Colts were all outside of the top 10. The top 10 went Rams 
In in top ten order: Rams, Steelers, Bears, Bills, Jags, Patriots, Ravens, Cowboys, Vikings, Panthers. So, but the thing is, the Patriots have the best secondary, but they, but they still generate a lot of pressure. So it's just this is just the thing that doesn't matter. It's it's what you do. You build a you build a solid defense, and you have a great coach get everyone in position. That's it. So whether you whether you build from the back, like the Eagles build from the front, but they also have Malcolm Jenkins in the in the back end. Teams like the Rams have a phenomenal D line, but they also invested great smart deals in Tlaib, Marcus Peters, although he was terrible, Lamarcus Joyner, and players like that. Steelers don't have the best secondary and got torched for it. Bears solid front to back. Bills solid front to back. Jaguars solid front to back. Ravens. Solid front to back. Like, there's just a lot of different things. You have to build a unit. And if you play as a unit, I feel like you can, it's, this positive results will happen. But let's move on to, from D-linemen to pass rush versus pass coverage, to Vernon Hargraves. And essentially, he's just not practicing because he's just not mentally there. Is that what it is? It. It's either that or some physical limitation. He said he needed to get his mind right. So. For what? You had all the playoffs to watch and get your yes, mind right. Yes, we, are, for we this already time. extended his fifth-year option, so I don't know what the cap hit, what the cap problem will be. But he's sitting there as a monumental bust, ter- phenomenal bust in, a, in, the, in the worst way possible. And he has watched the Bucks draft six defensive backs in the past two years. So, Bruce Arians is clearly sending a message to him. Or the fact, because Bruce Arians said you have to ask him what's wrong while he's not out there. So, do you see Vernon Hargraves on this team? When Because, honestly, I feel like he should man the slot. But it doesn't seem like he's, gonna, he's in a position to fight for his spot. With the likes of Carlton Davis, MJ Stewart, Ryan Smith, Sean Bunting, Jamal Jamal Dean, you know, there's just a long list of DBs that have just been added to this team. So I don't. Where, where do you, do you think we're gonna cut, release, or try to trade Vernon Hargraves? If he doesn't take the wake up call that Arians has given him, and which is essentially, in my opinion, is hey, yo, man up, like yeah, we got competition. You were a first round pick. Prove it. Show your worth, and if, and if you're scared, you will not be on this team. If he is scared to play, he will not be on this team. He can't be. He, 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 right now, it seems as if he's scared to compete because he's scared that they'll outshine him. That's how I take it. So it goes, instead of putting myself out there, I'll just sit on the sideline and let the rookies take the reps. But he's not good enough to say that. Like, he came on a little bit towards the end, but, like, he has not shown consistent performance that is going to be like, oh yeah, you're a vet, bro. Like you're good. You don't need you don't need to push your bar, body. Like Rondé Barber at the end of his career was took practices off. You know, he didn't need the practice. Apparently, he was active and like paying attention and attended meetings and stuff. But yeah, but that's not competing. Yeah, I know. And Arian said that he gave Hargraves. I'm reading an article from Tampa Bay Times. Arians gave Hargraves high praise early this offseason, like like this potential to perform in the defense's heavy man coverage on the outside. And, and, and but, I mean, he's on the books for nine million dollars this off this season, which. Oh, that's oh, this is great. Um, Carlson Davis left Tuesday's practice with an apparent injury. Which gave rookie corners Sean Murphy and Bunt- Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamal Dean first team defensive reps. So I'm reading, I'm just reading those things. Sorry, uh, Mike Edwards, the team's fourth round pick from Kentucky, saw first round picks, and Devin White did as well and intercepted a pass, a Jameis Winston pass in 11 on 11. Which I mean, everyone everyone gets Jameis Winston interceptions these days. So. All the young kids jumped out. All the young kids jumped out right away. It looked like they might have been there. They've been here. It looked like they fit right in. All these young guys and even have good ball skills. Turnover or something really preach. Okay, sounds like we're on the right track. That's what I like to hear. But whether Hargraves VH three is a part of that or not, 
We'll see. I mean, root for him. He's the top ten pick. Local kid from Wharton went to Florida. Was a monster in the SEC. So let's see. Um, as we were talking about JPP and stuff like that, I a topic that I came out. I texted you about it. I think, and that's Telvin Smith. And Telvin Smith blindsided the NFL, blindsided the Jaguars. He has every right to. He's a human being. With an announcement that he's taking at least twenty the twenty nineteen NFL season off. It's like there's more to life than football. He wants to get him. He wants to be with his family, worry about his own health, and all that stuff. And it's refreshing to hear. It's not refreshing should be the right word, but it's just seeing the reaction around the league, especially from former Seminoles, especially people who are around him at FSU, like Iowa and stuff like that. It's it's kind of shocking. It's shocking because this guy was the leader leader of the Jacksonville team, one of the best defenses in the league the past couple of seasons. He was the leader of the national championship team, bar none, the guy. He, I think I'm trying to find, I got to find this stat. Like he's one of the most productive tacklers in the history of the NFL in the first six seasons. Interceptions, fumble, turnover. He's just a phenomenal running linebacker. And the fact that He's stepping away from the game. Is this is going to dish? It's going to very much hurt the Jaguars, but the NFL because he's such a positive person. He's he likes to talk a lot of smack, but it's not something we see. It's it's just an awesome, awesome football player, and it's sad to see him step away. But when you're in a position to have that luxury to step away from something and get your mind right, whatever whatever he has to do, blessings on you. Good for you. And but we'll miss you on the football field. Yeah, it was nice to see that it wasn't a uh, WTF, like what are you doing type, why are you abandoning your team type of reaction. Everyone was, from what I saw, supportive but shocked um, that he announced it because, like you said, he was the guy and still is the guy. And when you watch him, he is he's electrifying. He's so fast, quick to the ball, hard hitter. Um, but it's nice to see that he has taken the liberty to, he if he's not ready mentally, that he's taking the time off while he can, getting himself right before it is too late. Um, because sometimes you just keep digging yourself a hole. You don't put the shovel down instead of, and instead you just keep digging. Uh, thinking that if you just keep working at it, eventually you'll be where you need to be. But he's dropping the shovel, getting his stuff right, doing what he's got to do. And uh, I have a lot of respect for it. Wish him the best, always. Do you think the Bucks? I know that Devin White is a Mike linebacker just like uh, Miles Jack. Do you think the Bucks and Jags could trade Josh Allen for Devin White? Because we clearly – that would be a dream swap. That's, the, that, that's what I just was thinking about, but I don't think they ever oh, would. Oh, no. But – no. I don't think any either team, but it would be it would be nice. Yes. All right. Any other thing, any other NFL things you want to talk about? We'll draft real quick before we move on to the NBA, which is just some of the. It's just phenomenal to hear the NBA. Um. Any college no, football? Any any news on the recruiting front in Lincoln, Nebraska? There. <laughs> there was. I've been following this. Um, there's this one, I guess, law reporter that I found on Twitter that I started following and she's been part of the basketball trials, the college basketball trials Mm -hmm. with the pay and they're relating it to football and back and forth and how all that's panning out. And they're still probably a couple months away from finalizing and coming to terms um, and striking either striking up a deal or coming down with a verdict of whatever's going to happen. But I read an article yesterday saying that we, the NCAA, and I guess we are getting closer to seeing them get compensated in some way. But the thing is, is the language is the NCAA does not want the language to be that they are paying athletes. So when I hear that, my initial thought is, are they going to allow them to just make money off their likeliness? Which, in my opinion, is the most fair thing to do. 
Did you see? Okay, so you know a little bit about the college stuff. So, um, so I'm trying to. I have an ESPN ESPN Plus account, but I deleted my history yesterday, and and I lost my. I need to find my login again. I'll do that afterwards. Um, so did you see the thing about Clemson's basketball coach getting fired? For he got no. fired for some benefits, and apparently, he is on record saying. When they're trying to recruit Zion Williamson, which is a perfect segue, we're going to talk about Zion in a, in a second. About Zion, and they were pretty much saying, "Hey, we'll treat you like a football player," and that has caused some alarm for the Clemson football program, just a little bit. And now Clemson's going to do some inter- inside looking and like look at their st- look at their just do like an overview of the football staff and the whole recruiting process, but. Those words kind of they they kind of sound like you know it's there's some shady stuff going on at Clemson a little bit you know there's shady stuff going on everywhere and that's I saw I saw this tweet one time and it said name something that you know is wrong or corrupt or bad in this world yet you love it regardless and my. Mm answer immediately was college football i hate how much i love college football because there are bag men everywhere i was on a plane one time uh with nino and we sat next to this guy um we thought we were gonna only have me and nino in the aisle and then he was like the last person on the plane and so we were both and he sat in our that seat and we were both just devastated i was so mad um but the guy ended up he worked um I want to say in the recruiting offices at Bama for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And he was telling me um, kind of how things are finessed back and forth. And he goes, dude, it's, hap- it's happening everywhere. And if you think it's not, then you're just ignorant and stupid because it 100% is happening everywhere you go. He said how they kind of loophole around it is, you know, like the Reggie Bush situation uh, back in SC, they paid for his mom's living, paid for an apartment, had him had her move closer, things like that. Um, uh, notorious thing that kind of happens is, let's say, uh, let's just use Zion for example, um, just as a as a name. They're recruiting Zion, and one of their pitches it goes, "Hey, if you come here, um, we know that your uncle's looking for a job." We have four boosters, four of our main boosters all own car dealerships. We can get him a job at this car dealership as soon as you sign type of thing. Or, or like an, or like an AAU that, coach comes on and coach, joins the coaching staff. That happens everywhere too. It, that is a big one. So it's like it's things like that where it's just like loopholes. They actually have put restrictions on that for high school coaches, um, football coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't – it's a lot more difficult to – Higher good players like high prospects, old old high school coaches. Like there's like a there's like a latent period like where you can't be hired if you were a part of that kid's recruiting process. Um, the interesting part of it is like Devin Bush's dad was a coach at Michigan, and that's where Devin Bush went to school. So, but he didn't start coaching there till Devin Bush got there. So wonder, things like I, that I wonder are, how that works. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, that's something that's been developed, that's been coming along, that's interesting for me to see because after they cut the most devastating part about players not getting paid, and I think most people would agree with this is yeah, you know they're kind of getting gypped out, but they're still get they still get pampered, they still get uh, under the table perks and things like that. You know they get everything paid for. FSU players get too. Uh, two massages a week if they want, you know, things like that. Like they're pampered as can be. But the thing moving forward is, I don't know. Did you see what hap- what's happening in the new Madden? No. They're doing like a, I think they have like seven or eight schools that they have signed on. But you can, I, from my understanding, is they're going to have like a college football playoff oh, yeah, yeah, type yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Before... So they're incorporating that a little bit more into um, EA Sports is incorporating that into a little bit. And is I knew it wasn't just all of a sudden they're going to be like, boom, we got this game back. It's going to be a slow, gradual, like 
how can we work the the fine prints of the law to get this to work again because there's a lot there is a lot of money being lost by not making college football game fo- video games in my opinion mm-hmm. i would the that i i never used to play madden i only played ncaa and then i only started playing madden because there was no more ncaa to play yeah uh so it's 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 interesting um i'm keeping up on it if there's a, if, I, if there's anything that comes down verdict wise um with this case and what's getting ruled with uh college football likeliness college football players getting played college athletes in general getting paid um i'll keep you posted but that's about it that it, it, for me at least that's about the biggest thing um happening in the college football world right now yeah we're years away from that stuff happening i think we're years away from the video game i talked to the ea i talked to someone i know that that works for ea sports and that person says that you know it's it's almost a lost cause getting the NCAA to agree on that stuff. We'll see. That would be awesome. I mean, for your sake, especially because I know you just go. You'd be in season two thousand sixty-five with Nebraska national championships the whole season and stuff like that. Have your dynasty built, Coach Noah Hemer, and there's just such a cool market for for that because like you because you can get like the training facilities in there now. Like you can take people on tours, or, like virtual tours. It's it's there's a lot of room for improvement in that. Um. But, yeah, so let's transition. We're at the halfway point. Let's transition to my beloved – or not not my beloved soccer because I'm still upset about Liverpool falling short. My beloved NBA. And it's been a pretty entertaining NBA playoff, to say the least. You know, the first round happens. There was a couple – I mean, the Warriors got pushed to six games by the Clippers. There was a fight, of course. That was awesome. Spurs and Nuggets went seven. Uh, Damian Lillard with the moment of the playoffs where he walked off against OKC. Uh, East was kind of lackluster. I mean, let's be honest. That I mean, every series ended in five except for the Celtics and Bucks who swept. What was the other series in the West I missed? Rockets, Rockets and Jazz. Then you go to the Rockets Warriors series. This is people think that this is the Rockets' time. Durant goes down in. When it's a one-point game and it's game five, Steph Curry and the Warriors just chip away, just keep balling. Then they blow him out in the in the final, not blow him out in the final game, but Curry drops thirty-three in the four, in the second half. Twenty, I think twenty in the fourth. The Nuggets Blazers go seven. Bucks dismantle the the Celtics. Raptors, and then Raptors and Seventy Sixers go seven, and Kawhi hits the. <laughs> the the the, uh, this, the bounces heard around yes, the world, man. and then he showed emotion. This was just I've been talk. Everyone's been talking up the semifinals of the conferences, conference round for so long, and for once they lived up to the hype. And now we got conference finals. And last night's game, unless the Blazers, the Blazers are playing the Warriors, and I think last night's game, Warriors won by twenty two points without Durant. They don't need Durant in the series. They may not even need. They're going to need Durant in the finals, if they play the Bucks, and the Raptors. Actually, yeah, they'll need Durant in the finals. But as the biggest Dame fan ever, unless the Blazers make some serious coaching changes, it's going to be blowout in in Game Two. It'll be a blowout in Game Three. Probably sneakily win Game Four. Get Durant back for Game Five. Get him back up to speed a little bit to NBA conditioning levels. Um. So. Well, I'm sure, what are you as a are you considered a casual NBA fan? How would you describe? How would you def, How would you I mean, define you, you, a casual? You have you what def, you what have league pass, so you're not a casual. So you're probably. In, I would say above average. Okay, but like if if you're, I would consider you tier one. I appreciate that, and I would say casual. I would say casual would be anywhere between tier three and four. So you're in between tier two and three. Um, I would say I'm a low tier two, high tier three. Like that high potential for tier three, maybe maybe a not this non LeBron playoff is going to vault you up into the tier two, te- two tier 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 two tier two tier two level. So as a tier two fan, I like high tier three better. That that says you have more potential than a low two three, L- low tier three. God, I can't say these words today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? 
What are your thoughts on the playoffs as a whole? And what are your thoughts on the – because we're going to talk about Kawhi versus Giannis in a second. What are your thoughts on the playoffs so far of the whole? There's been a lot of great moments. We have – we had a one walk-off series walk-off winner in the last 20 years, and now we have two in the same playoffs. Thoughts on the Blazers, Warriors, everything. Just, just, just let me hear it, Noah. <clears throat> well, my favorite uh – I knew this playoffs was going to be wild when um, at least the yeah it was when Game Three of Blazers Nuggets went to four uh, OT. I forgot about that. I even watched that whole game. Gee, I watched that. I watched that entire second half. I was out. Um, whatever night of the, I think that was a Friday. I was out and I was watching at the bars and I watched it through one OT. And after that first overtime, I was like, all right, I'm going to run home and try to catch this back into the game. So I'm running home. I'm watching it on my phone. And then uh, my phone died while I was in the Uber. So I run upstairs. And as soon as I get upstairs, second OT ends, and it's still tied. And I'm like, this is awesome. Free basketball. And I, I could not believe that went to 4 OT. It was so – but it's been awesome. Um the Bucks just look so dominant, and I don't know if that was indictment on the Celtics and their lack of continuity and the Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, and all their young guys getting exposed and their lack of chemistry. I don't know if it's an indictment on Brad Stevens not being able to get those uh, personalities and get a game plan together with all that talent. Um, my favorite player on the Celtics has always been Terry Rozier. Did you see, um, you see his interviews? Is... Yes, oh, I did. Yeah. Um, that's why he's one of my favorites because he has this fire about him. He is you, is very real, very transparent when he when he wants to be, but he balls and he comes off the bench, but he balls out every single time. Um, he's like the Energizer Bunny. Um, so I'm excited to see is he going to be a uh, Celtic next year? In the interview, he said that if they bring everyone back, he won't be. Um, is so he's not under contract with he's them a, now? He's a, he's a restricted free agent. So okay. for people who don't know, so say he gets offered a con- – this happened last year with the, with the Celtics and Marcus Smart where Marcus Smart thought he was going to get like a four-year, $80 million contract, 40 or $60 million contract. It wasn't on the market, so he went back to the Celtics for like four years, $44 million. Good deal. Good deal for both. Um, especially because teams are smart around. They're not going to fl- just destroy their whole cap for – a guy like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's valuable, but he's not someone who's not like guy who's going to win you a game. He's a game changer, but he's not going to win you the game. So what that means is, so say a team that needs a point guard, I don't know, Orlando, um, Orlando Magic, Phoenix Suns, say they offered Rozier five years, $80 million, or any contract. The Celtics will have, I think, five days to match that contract, and if they match the contract, he's a Celtic. So the unrestricted means there's he has no he can do whatever he wants. Restricted means you're on your rookie deal, and the team you're under, the team you're with, has the right to match that contract. So I don't think he'll if everyone comes back. If Kyrie comes back, he's gone. But if he does, but if Kyrie's gone, which people may think all that, then then there's an opening for Terry to come back. But what he said when he said he sacrificed the most stuff. And all of these things, it's not looking like he's going to be back. And I want him. I want him to be gone. I mean, he was terrible in Game Seven against Cleveland last year. He was terrible when he had his opportunities this year. But as a as a as a guard, you want to you got to as a guy who's playing 30, 35 minutes on a on a team making a deep playoff run, albeit in a weak East. You have the ball in your hand more. You're shooting more. You're you're engaged when you're getting. 15 minutes a game and now when you're coming off the bench you're not the focal point because you have Gordon Hayward who I can't I uh I'm not even gonna talk about that guy it's Gordon Hayward I think he's t- I he was good in Utah but that contract he is he was never worth max money never was worth max money anyway but you come off the bench and you're running the show. Now you're not yet, and then because now you're staggering Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's minutes, so they want their touches too. It's just it was just a mess in Boston, and I don't see Terry going back there. I hope not. I hope he finds his way on a team where he can kind of be not the like number one guy, but can be like the second, third guy, but starts as starts at the one um, and allows. 
allows him to just fully invest in everything that he's doing, especially with how much he sacrificed in Boston or how much he claims he sacrificed in Boston. I think whichever team gets him next will be very happy with uh, the type of player they are getting because that's just a guy, at least from the interviews, it's a guy coming for vengeance and wants to prove everyone that he can still ball. Him um, going to Phoenix, I would like him going to Phoenix. He maybe even a sign and tra- not like a sign and trade because I know Josh Jackson just got arrested in Rolling Loud. Um, the Suns, the Suns forward, but him going to Phoenix where he's not going to be the primary scorer at all. He's going to be the defender. He's going to get shots because Devin Booker is going to command a bunch of attention. DeAndre Ayton is going to be there. He can run a he can run a pick and roll with Ayton. There's just won't be as much pressure. They have the cap space. A three year because a lot of teams are doing. I don't know if Rozier is the guy who's going to continue to bet on himself with a short contract. But a lot of like the superstars are taking like two to three year deals because they want to make their money quick and then they set this up for the next contract. Like Paul Millsap has a thirty million signed a three year like ninety million dollar contract, and you would think Paul Millsap's not worth thirty million dollars. That's like Aaron Rodgers' money, which is which I think is hysterical. I think the how NBA players make like Evan Turner's making nineteen million dollars out in Portland to play eighteen minutes on the second thing. Gordon Hayward broke his leg and is terrible, and he's going to make like $30 million. Um, I guess going – Timothy Mozgov played like two games for, for the Magic <laughs> and made $18 million. Luol Deng is going to get paid like $9 million for the next two, three years because his contract got stretched from the Lakers. Like it's The cat boom of 2016 just needs to have its own, a book written about it. Um, but Ro- I think Rozier is going to want like a four-year deal. Are the Suns willing to offer him that? Especially because the Suns have the uh, sixth pick, I think. Sixth pick in the draft. We're going to get to the lottery in a second. They have the sixth pick. They're not going to get John Morant. They're not going to get Jarrett Culver. They could get Jarrett Culver or DeAndre Hunter, but they're not going to get R.J. Barrett or Zion, obviously. So do they value one of those wings, or do they value Kobe White or someone along those lines? It's interesting, but... There's not that there's not that many teams that need a point guard in the NBA, which is saying something, because there's just a guards. There's just guards everywhere. I mean, I'm gonna look at the list right now of teams like Warriors. I mean, come on, they don't need a point guard. Raptors are not gonna take their chance on Terry Rozier. Lakers, no. Rockets, no. Seventy Sixers, Seventy Sixers don't have the cap space for him. Blazers, no. Celtics, funny. Bucks, no. Nuggets, no. Spurs, no. Nuggets, meh. Not the Nuggets. Thunder, no. Knicks have 7,000 point guards. Cavaliers, no. Heat, no. Jazz, no. Jazz, actually, I actually like the Jazz as a spot for him. Nets, no. Clippers, no. Bulls, yes. Ma- I mean, there's just like, as I'm saying, I mean, Pistons, Mavericks, no, no. Magic, yes, but they have Marco Fultz. Kings, no. Pacers, yes. I don't think they're going to blow their blow their cap space on Rogier. Timberwolves, not really. Suns, yes. Pelicans, no. Hornets, depends if Kemba leaves. Hawks, no. Wizards, no. Grizzlies, no. So like I'm saying, there's not a lot of spots for him to go. Which is tough. It is tough. But other than that, uh, in terms of NBA playoffs, I've just been, Kawhi's been my favorite player to watch. Um, Other than I love watching Klay Thompson and Steph Curry Mm -hmm. when with no KD. I love watching You it. and everyone else on um, NBA Twitter, man. They love Steph, Steph and Clay getting 30 shots. It's awesome because, like, KD, you just, you know, he gets in an ISO and he's Godzilla in the lane because he's so long and he's so tall. And it doesn't matter if you play awesome defense because he's just going to shoot right over the top of you. He's going to take you to the hole. He, He's quicker than you. He has longer steps than you. He has longer arms than you. He has better shot than you. His basketball IQ is probably better than you. Like, Katie's the best player in the world. Katie's the best player in the world. I hate to agree. Like he is, but Steph Curry is. I think. I think Steph is the best. Um, I think Steph brings the biggest value to a team. In terms of like actual basketball, I think KD. It's hard to really argue with what is he like six ten, six eleven with that he's wingspan and he can drive, KD's, dribble. He, he, he doesn't like to admit he's seven foot for it, some reason, but he's seven foot. So he's seven, yeah. So he's seven feet. Can bring the ball down the court. Can shoot the ball. It, it, it's like a modern day Wilt Chamberlain, essentially. Um, 
and yes, he is just such a monster, and he's and I think on a on a on paper he's the best, but when it comes to like actually performing and winning the games that need to, I don't think he has necessarily the mindset all the time to do it. But Steph Curry literally always does. Like, there's never a time where I'm like, yep, yep, there goes Steph Curry. Like, typical that he fluked. But, like, if KD did that, I wouldn't be all that surprised. Because KD has burner Twitter accounts. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Russell Russell Westbrook was the was the issue in OKC. I think that's becoming abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good job, Russ. Get, <laughs> yeah, get those nice, triple doubles, bro. bro. I love Russ, though. I'm not yeah. going to stand for Russ Slander, but... I can't stand no, it. No, no, not at all. But I think that I think he was more uh, he was a problem and him and KD didn't mesh and I enjoy watching Steph Curry more. I think Steph Curry's better and I agree with the rest of NBA Twitter. I think like watching Clay just literally move around. It's like he's like a receiver running routes. Just like getting a pick, running a route, breaking an angle, coming around, getting a little handoff, shooting it splash literally every time shoot splash shoot splash the craziest thing about last night's game is i was watching it was probably like five six minutes left in the fourth quarter and the free throw uh discrepancy was unreal um i want to say it was like uh, here i got it the blazers shot 31 free throw they were it was like 20 the blazers had shot like 24 25 free throws and the warriors had only shot Nine. Mm-hmm. It was sixteen. To, it was and then, when I looked at it, it was sixteen to three. Yeah, and I then I looked at the score and I go, that just shows that the Warriors just aren't really missing tonight. Mm-hmm. Like they're just hitting everything, and if they're not, they're just not getting the board. But they're getting awesome looks because. Can you explain to me the the the, the thought process behind what the Blazers were doing with? The pick being set oh, like at the top, and then their bigs weren't coming up, and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry were literally just getting wide open shots. The like, what's the what's the mindset behind? Like, when what's you, the rationale? Have you, have you heard of can't play Cantor? There's this thing, Enos no. Cantor, great offensive rebounder and great offensive talent. But Billy Donovan said when they played the Warriors in that 2016. Uh, Western Conference Finals, or I think the year after, he literally said, I can't play Cantor because Cantor can't play defense. He can't move his feet. But they're hell-bent on playing him over Zach Collins and him or going small and just saying, hey, we have to do this. So what they do is they drop coverage and pick and roll. For some reason, they've, they are scared of the Andrew Bogut, Kevin Looney threat attacking the basket instead of trapping Instead of not even trying to trap it, just trying to like help and switch. The way to beat the Warriors is you switch everything. That's what the Rockets step. That's what the Rockets do. Because you just have to. Because if you trap a pick and roll, Curry's just gonna split the pick and roll with the pass. It's gonna be three on two at Draymond's ball in the hand, and Draymond is amazing. <laughs> He's Crazy. amazing at that. He has a good floater. He's gonna find open shooter. It's all that. And the thing is, is that. Terry Stotts, the Blazers head coach, afterwards he said, the, he said the Rockets blitzed, uh, the Rockets blitzed uh, Steph, and he scored thirty three points in the second half. And I'm like, did you see the de- degree of difficulty he was? Steph was out there shimmying on you in the first quarter because you were leaving him wide open. And Clay's gonna take his Clay shots. Clay's gonna have these difficult shots. This is just a terrible matchup for the Blazers. I I have a question, question? for you. Um, when I saw the Blazers beat the Nugs, I was happy for Dame because Dame's awesome. And especially how he beat OKC, that was so much fun. That was a great series mm-hmm. to watch. Um, that that buzzer beater in Paul George's face was phenomenal. But do you th- how do you think, especially with KD being out at least the first two games, how do you think this Western Conference Finals would look if it was... Warriors versus Nugs. Matchup wise, because I thought initially that the, because to me the Blazers are like just like the little brother of the Warriors mm-hmm. of like what they want to do, but I felt like the Nugs as a team matched up a little bit better with the Warriors, especially at least trying to defend. They them. did, and I was thinking I'm like without KD, the Nuggets would throw Tory Craig, who did a phenomenal job of stopping. Of slowing down Dame in that series, besides Game Six when Dame was just hitting his thirty-seven footers, 
Torrey Craig would go on him, and Gary Harris, with another very, very solid defender, would chase around Steph, and they would switch. Jamal Murray could hide on Iguodala or someone like that. Just to, the thing I liked about the Nuggets was is that the Nugget, when the Warriors played the Nuggets after the first game, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're fighting for the one-two seed." The Warriors literally won by like forty points both times, but the Nuggets were a very good playoff team. Very young team. And the last game that they played, Boogie Cousins destroyed Jokic. There was no Boogie Cousins this time. And the game was going to slow down. And you could prepare for that one singular matchup. So I, I, I thought my love for the Blazers and Dame, I would probably have said six. But if I looked at, looked at it closely, I probably would have said Warriors in five. I'd go Warriors in six against Denver. And potentially seven, because Jamal Murray is going to get hot, and I don't see an answer. Draymond's a phenomenal defender, but I don't see Bogut and Draymond and Looney being able to stop Jokic and stuff like that. Especially because if because if you watch the game for the Blazers against the, the Warriors, they are literally triple teaming Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum because they're like Amino. You're not going to do anything. Harkless, you're not going to do anything. Seth Curry was awful last night. Rodney Hood was solid for in his small minutes. But you're just not going to do it. Dane was caught in the midair like six times and just got dirt, turned the ball over. I don't even know. I'm going to look at the turnover numbers real quick because it was – most likely it was terrible for Dane. It was 21-14 team-wise. And Dane had seven of those. That's the difference right he there. He shot four of 12. CJ was seven to 19. These were – this is the formula you have to do, though. The formula thing is you're going to have to play Jake Lehman. You're going to have to take chances with your lineup and play these athletes because if you're going to keep playing Cantor 30 minutes and Collins only 18, you're going to get destroyed by 22 every single time. The fourth quarter, the Warriors outscored them 39-23. And that's going to keep happening if you continue to play these lineups. Like, let me look at... Steph was Steph was nine of fifteen from three. <laughs> Draymond, Draymond, in thirty-four minutes, ten rebounds, five assists, two steals, three blocks, to twelve points. Steph thirty-six points, six rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one turnover. Clay, I love Clay Thompson, man. He's the most. He's the best. He, he is twenty-six awesome. points. I mean, it's just typical Clay. He had three steals, thirteen steals. To 14 turnovers. That's their off defense offense. That's not even including the eight blocks they had. It was just... This series is just... I don't think this is going to go well. Unless the Blazers start switching, play more aggressive defense, plays, start Zach Collins, play Rodney Hood all the time, plays Jack, Jake Lehman. Because Jake Lehman actually had a pretty decent game against the Warriors in the regular season. And he offers you something more than Aminu. And Harkless played a decent game. But they offers you more than Aminu, and you can't play Cantor. It's the truth. Because if you do, you're it's <laughs> you're gonna get destroyed. I mean, Cantor, kudos to you. You're fasting. I've heard that a thousand times. He's fasting. It's Ramadan. Good for you, man. That's cool. Even if you weren't fasting, you're 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 gonna get destroyed in this series. And you talk a lot of smack on social media. You better get ready to. This is why. And if Kevin Durant was in this series, I know that. Last quick thing before we move on. To the east, the Warriors are a tougher team to defend when Durant is not there, like you were mentioning earlier. If Durant was in this series, it wouldn't. Make, it would. It would still be the same result, in my opinion. It would still be the same exact butt whooping because who can guard Kate? Because then they're starting their Hamptons five lineup, and then where is who is Cantor going to guard? Cantor doesn't have a, a Kevin Kevon Looney or an Enos Cantor to hide on. It's Warriors keep doing what you're doing. Blazers, play Jake Lehman. Do not play Anus Cantor. Play Zach Collins. Only chance you got. Ty can steal the game. And Damian Lillard, they are blitzing Dame. The Nuggets figured out how to stop Dame. You blitz those p- pick and rolls 37 feet away from the hoop. Get the ball out of his hands because there's not a lot of people on the Blazers that can make a plan for the stuff. It's been their Achilles heels forever, and they need a third score. Always had, this is why Paul George, I wish Paul George signed with Portland because it would have been awesome. 
Wow, that would have been sweet. Yeah. He wouldn't have had to be the main man. It would have been peach. It would have been. This would have been awesome. But we can't talk about the pipe dreams because the NBA would go on forever. But speaking of pipe dreams, out east, double entendre too. By the way, out east, the second and third best player in the world, two best players, two of the three best players in the world, are going head to head. And I think they're going to guard each other. I think Kawhi is going to guard Giannis. The powerhouse. One of the best teams in regular season history in terms of point differential in the Milwaukee Bucks. Number one offense, number one defense against the Raptors, who are literally just looking like Kawhi. And Kawhi is due. Kawhi shot 39 times. If it was Kobe, they would have said, oh, he shot 12 of 39. That's how he won. But it's Kawhi, so it's cool, and he made the shot. But <laughs> I picked the Raptors to win the NBA Finals before the season. I'm sticking to that. I think the Raptors will win in six. I think Milwaukee can have off shooting nights, but they have Giannis, man. It's. I was saying this, and after after game one against the Celtics, I was like, I, I may have spoken too soon. Giannis, honest, like, we knew LeBron had potential to be a top five player. Giannis has the potential to be legit the greatest player of all time. And I mean that with everything in me. He legit, he's adding, he can't do a pull-up shot, but he can do like a dribble. He can do like, if you watch like him shoot a three, he has to like to take a dribble to get himself in rhythm. And it's like, a, so I takes him an hour and a half at the free throw line to shoot one free throw. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the best rim. How often do you say the best rim protector in the league is also the best player in transition? Is also the most efficient offensive player. Also can pass. Who will Kawhi, we'll see if Kawhi if Kawhi can slow down Giannis. Well, that's that's the blueprint. There's not a single human being on earth who can stop Giannis. This guy is euro stepping through four Celtics through four defenders. And if he's getting fouled, so he's conserving energy by getting fouled, he is, seriously, KD, KD's better because he can shoot. Giannis is 24. He's going to keep getting stronger. Shaq already said he's better than Shaq was at this time, and Shaq led the Magic to the NBA Finals. This guy legit could be the greatest player ever. Impact offensive defense. We only have four minutes, so I know it's I'm ending it with that with that statement, but his trajectory is unreal. Potential we've never seen a limitless potential player like Giannis. That's the best way I can put it. And what limits what 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 separates him between like LeBron and KD in terms of being Giannis limitless? is already a better defender than those two. Giannis can protect the rim better than those two already, and you're, we're going to see Giannis on Kawhi, and Giannis on, and Chris Middleton's going to be there. We'll see what Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam didn't do anything against Joel Embiid. What do you think Pascal Siakam's going to do when he's going up against Giannis? NBA Finals. Yeah. If we get Warriors, Bucks NBA Finals, which is looking like Giannis versus KD. KD could probably shoot over him. But Giannis is stronger than him offensively. Giannis can post up, can drive, can pass. Shoot, he's shooting at, I think he's shooting like above 40% in the playoffs this year from three. And if that's happening, pack it up. The NBA is Giannis's for the next decade. Just, it's done. People thought the Celtics were the most talented team. Ran through them. Like they were schoolboys. He said in the press conference yesterday, Toronto is not like... Toronto is not like Boston. We have to win game one. It's a must win. Just trolling teams. Marcus Smart came back, and people were like, oh, Marcus Smart's make a big impact. He looks at the box score. Someone asked, like, did Marcus Smart make a big impact? He goes, looks at the box score. He said, Marcus Smart did literally nothing, and goes, mm, nothing. This <laughs> he just has his arrogance. He has his shoe now. Giannis, I'm serious. Colin Coward had to think about taking Zion over Giannis on his po- on his show yesterday. He thinks Zion's already a top five player on the NBA. No, that's ridiculous. No, Zion's six six. 
He's gonna be dunk. He's gonna be dunking on fools. Giannis is seven foot one, and it took him. It took him one dribble to get from the other side of the circle at half court to the hoop. The way the NBA is projecting, it's like I. I. It's just. It's I. I. He's the MVP. I've never seen anyone like him. He's tw- LeBron was not car- LeBron carried the Cavs to the finals. That was a great team. Beat the Pistons. But he- this guy, Giannis, I'm all in with him. He's unbelievable. He's who? Very quickly, because we have we have to wrap this up real quick. We didn't get to talk Thrones. We're gonna talk Thrones a lot next week. Who would you take over Giannis? Like who? In the history of the NBA, who is gonna stop Giannis from getting to his spots? Unless you completely collapse the defense, which means he's going to pass to an open shooter. And that's why they lost game one, because Boston made all their mid-range shots, and the Bucks missed all their threes. When the Bucks started hitting threes, the game, it, it was just, just pack it up. Have fun in Cancun, Boston. You have your little franchise implosion. We're going to the finals. I'm not saying you're going to the finals, though, because i got to pick Kawhi. I feel like KD's the only one. KD, to my limited basketball knowledge... I say KD and Kawhi, or P- or players, former players that were like KD and Kawhi, are the only two that could really go head to head with Giannis. Yeah. LeBron Giannis. in his prime has the strength and the six eight high and the and the and the and the height, but this version of Giannis is not even the best version of Giannis we're going to see, which is terrifying. Terrifyingly, it awesome. is terrifyingly awesome, and KD's thirty. Steph Curry's 30. Zion's not 18. I mean, like, Jason... T- I love... Jason Tatum averaged nine points. And I am so happy that that guy... Because I never liked his prospect, his prospect ability. That's even a word. I, th- I think... Uh, I think we just need to... Uh, after this series, if the Bucks do end, on, uh, end up winning, going to the finals, I think... Giannis will be king in the north. The true king in the north. Oh, I'm. Oh man. The true king oh, in the man, north, dude. It's, <laughs> I don't even have the words to describe how excited I am for Game One tonight on Wednesday night. We're, and the thing is, this is going to be airing on Saturday, so it's going to be game. It'll be game. Each team will be at their through two games, so Kawhi could shut down Giannis, but we'll see. But I mean, the projection projection that Giannis is on. Is unlike anything we'll ever see. I'm just under the impression that this is Kawhi's time. That Kawhi is where Giannis is going to be in terms of leading a team like this. Because I just, I mean, honestly, if I didn't pick the Raptors to win the NBA Finals before the season, I probably wouldn't pick them. But I love Kawhi. He's only, you know, Kawhi's only 27. Yeah. Really? He plays. Everyone like a needs grown to man. watch this video. When Kawhi was in his second first NBA Finals, I think he was twenty one or twenty years old, twenty one probably. And LeBron, this is when the, the when the Heat, I think, when the Heat won the speed, the won the first NBA Finals when Rayon had that shot. It was Game Five. LeBron's the free throw line dribbling. They pan to Kawhi checking in, and they pan to LeBron's face. LeBron turns around, sees Kawhi's come in, and makes a face like, "Man, I got to deal with this guy now." And that was when Kawhi was twenty. Now this guy's 27. Locked. I wrote about the article. I said the Bucks. T- um, Kawhi, Kawhi guarded uh, Jimmy Butler, the Sixers' best perimeter player. We're going long right now. Sorry, sorry, I'm um, Joe. Talked about how the um, he guarded Jimmy Butler 10.3 possessions per game. He was the fourth most f- defender. He guarded the what's his name? He guarded. Jimmy Butler, the fourth most of the Raptors, Raptors players. Fourth most. So I said, you know what? Like, this is time for Kawhi to do it. So guess what? He guarded Jimmy Butler most of the game. Jimmy Butler went five for 14, one of six from three, and only scored 16 points. And that's why you won. Because his defense is that great. And he was hounding. I can't wait, man. I've been texting your brother for two weeks saying we are going to get Kawhi and Giannis and this is basketball porn this is everything full full tilt Kawhi versus full tilt Giannis I don't even care about the role players 
knowing the role players are going to be the deciding factor, but I don't even care about that. Giannis versus Kawhi, buckle up. It's awesome. We didn't even talk lottery. Man, we went we went long. You know what you know what stopped you know what stopped us? <laughs> is that we talked about the Bucks for twenty five minutes to start the podcast. But man, it's all good. Sad, hey, right? Man, another great episode. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll come back later this week and talk more. I mean, we have nothing to do. We have content to churn out. So I don't know your schedule. My schedule's kind of lax. So Noah, <laughs> hey, man, you enjoy summer. Enjoy summer ski. I'm trying my best to enjoy summer ski, but I appreciate and that. If we don't Thanks for hey, having man. me on once again. Maybe we'll just have a full Lottery Thrones podcast, and that'll just be the one that doesn't air on the show. But we'll just have one just for our sake. But hey, man, enjoy everyone. Thanks for checking us out on the No Ordinary Pod, on the No Ordinary Pod Network, and Radio Sapien Network. Everyone have a good day.